0: my name is Ritvik Rajay and my cast is back with another beautiful episode we have had a fair few guests with us till now coming from various walks of life from various industries telling us their tricks of the trade giving a perspective to marketing and advertising from their immense experience but today we'll be taking a different road to understand this gentleman's perspective he has traveled wide and far for his art form, and all of us don't just know him, but he is revered across the nation as the pioneer of modern dance, recognized twice for his contribution by the government of India. So, join me in welcoming the honored guest for today, Padma Shri Astad Devo. Welcome, good mo- sir. Good morning. How do you feel? Great. Amazing. It's a
1: nice, sunny, cool morning.
0: Definitely. definitely. Before we go into the discussion, before we start anything, how do you like Maika? What is the first perspective when you enter the college and what do you see? Well, I mean, I
1: just came to know of Micah a few weeks ago. I wasn't even aware of your campus. And uh, when I arrived last month for the first time, I was very impressed with the layout of the campus and uh, how long it has been in existence. Mm -hmm. So it was quite impressive. For me, it was an education and I am looking forward to uh, this evening's performance and sharing my work with your your students and guests who have come for the conference.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. We'll look forward to your performance, sir. We would like to know how do you think that, uh, you know, India's multiple forms have, the art forms have evolved and especially performance arts, uh, because you definitely come from that particular part of the artist side of India. So how do you think that it has evolved in the, the side that from the viewership side, from the performance arts side? So all, all of that in amalgamation, how it has completely evolved?
1: Well, uh, my journey began from the age of six uh, of studying as a young lad where my parents had the foresight of seeing or recognizing the talent in me. And I was sent to study uh, Kathak. I grew up in Jamshedpur and... um, and as a young uh, child, I was sort of very much immersed. And as, as I became a teenager, I got more and more interested. Mm-hmm. And that's when the flags went up uh, <laughs> from my parents' side. So um, when I graduated from school, I really wanted to go to study at the Film Institute. But um, my father said, no, you've got to have, a, have an education. So I came to Mumbai. And uh, I was enrolled in uh, the Ari Podhar College and did a four year course of Commerce and Economics. And uh, and I wanted to continue uh, to pursue studying dance. But uh, my father's brothers, who are my guardians, were not had not taken to my liking dance in a very favorable view. (laughs) So my father said, well, uh, we'll have to put it on hold. Mm And it was during that period of time I saw an American dance company come and uh, that when I was open to a completely new form of movement presentation, Mm. uh, because in Indian classical dance uh, it's now, things have changed also in the Indian class, but primarily it's been a solo uh, Mm -hmm. performing arena for the people who sort of managed to make it to the top of the ladder. So, All this sort of got me very interested. I was in that very impressionable age. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the fact that I noticed that there was no, I won't say experimentation, but there was sort of looking at theater, Mm -hmm. music, Mm -hmm. visual arts. There was. An evolution happening mm-hmm. but in dance uh, there was nothing oh, right. uh, uh, at that point of time so uh, and I asked my uh, father as I was about to graduate mm-hmm. uh, I uh, had come across a school friend of mine who had just come back from Europe hitchhiking wow. so uh, I said uh, so he gave me all the tricks and the ropes of, it. and I presented it to my father. Mm-hmm. That this is what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And here once again, I was very blessed. Uh, that there, there wasn't a single uh, I recall of any argument or to saying like, "We don't know anybody. How are you going to go? Why do you want to take this?" <laughs> so I got my passport, got my visas, and uh, I sailed out on a cargo boat uh, mm-hmm. from Bombay. On to the port of Shire in iran. Mm-hmm. and uh, and in those days, you could not leave mm-hmm. could not leave the country as you can leave today freely. Sure. You had to get special permission from the Reserve bank. But the loophole was that if you went as a laborer uh, out to the Gulf, and my my co-passengers were goats, sheep, other laborers <laughs> who were going. Wow. So that's how one sort of left. and um, and I arrived in the port of Shire in Iran. And the first night I slept in the Gurdwara wow. and the next day my magic thumb um, took me to uh, all across Europe, wow. uh, Turkey, and brought me to the coast of Dover wow. and from there to London. And, um, and my original uh, idea was to go to the US, mm. but uh, as I had not taken my visa from india mm-hmm. there were came across a lot of hurdles in london and in those days there was no fax there was no mobile sure. so everything whatever was required came on the snail mail so to put, cut a long story short i sort of said okay fine uh but i did start um, studying the martha graham dance technique because wow. in modern dance also you know there were a lot of pioneers couple of the early ones had their own style. Sure. So in order to sort of as I grew up in Kathak, so, I, so if you were studying modern dance in those days, Martha Graham was the Queen Bee and mm. you learned. And I sort of did a barter with the London School of Contemporary Dance where I would teach Kathak wow. and I could take classes. So that's how I sort of was able to pay for my uh, fee as of studying. And uh, But within three months, I realized that that wasn't the style which I thought I would like to study. So then I said, okay, fine, I'm not going back home. For the next seven and a half years, I traveled uh, on all the five continents. (laughs) And uh, and then I came home once briefly and and it was during my brief return, a dance critic who saw me dance said, you should study Kathakali, that would uh, help you. So the first uh, few months that I was there, I studied a little bit as an introduction and I was blessed to have a good guru who was quite open Mm -hmm. uh, to accepting me. Because when I came back in the end of 77, I did encounter a lot of uphill task of getting approval of the Indian uh, dance gurus Mm -hmm. to accept a style which I was trying to introduce. Mm -hmm. So... So that's how I began, you know, it's sort of, and, uh, and the journey still
0: continues. Definitely, definitely. So there are a lot of learnings from the, from the long journey in short that you just explained to us. Right. The first one would be, you know, about the parents and how they were so open-minded towards accepting who you were and what you wanted to do. Right. And I think that's a, that's a very subtle and very important message for parents all across India. Absolutely. Absolutely. To give that much freedom, that much control to your kids about their own lives. Yeah,
1: well, also the fact that my parents always looked at the pros and cons Mm -hmm. before uh, giving their approval. Sure, sure. So, I mean, there was a lot of not resistance, but there was a lot of uh, sort of concern Mm -hmm. about from relatives and from my parents, uh, friends that you're letting your only son go. And y'all don't know anybody, how is he going to manage, you know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, the fact that I had the confidence mm-hmm. and, and I look at it as each day was a gift for me sure. because the kind of experiences I encountered mm. I encountered a few unpleasant moments also, mm. but by and large, everything was sort of, as I said, uh, a surprise, <laughs> meeting people, seeing all the wonderful sights, oh. Which one had read in the geography and history books? So uh, and yes, uh, I had that spirit of adventure because if you didn't have that, uh, you know, it doesn't
0: it doesn't move ahead. Definitely, definitely. And the other lesson, which is very huge, is even though you're being true to your art form, it's very important that you might not like something after you know going into it, and it's important to know when to you know move out of it rather than you know struggling through like you did with martha graham like you tried the art form and you did not like it and then within three months you were out of it so you know going so far to achieve something that you wanted so hard and then realizing that it's not actually for you and having that confidence and strength to move away from it detach from it it's it's very important to understand that and i think especially in in, in the culture of India where, you know, people are asked to go into something and stay there for a long period of time and not move ahead, not move around, just stay there. It's very important lesson to understand that even though you don't like it, you can move out and you can try something new.
1: Yeah. Well, as I said, that also the individual who has to take the decision, Definitely. you know, whether he or she uh, is ready for it. So, I mean, it's, On your side, everything looks hunky-dory for what I'm saying, (laughs) you know, but um, I mean, yes, I never really, uh, through my years, somebody asked me, did you ever feel, because there was a lot of resentment when I returned to India to uh, start a a movement of contemporary dance, Mm -hmm. modern dance, as uh, you called it, um, To step out of the tradition, sure. and uh, and the fact that the people in power, the gurus, had their blinkers on, because again, for them, that was their art form, and sure. uh, and they felt that by an outsider like me trying to come and do something was sort of uh, diminishing mm. or sort of uh, belittling the, uh, which was not the case. Not the case.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So obviously, change is hard to come by and especially at that point of time when it was all to stick by the Indian code of conduct, Indian culture, it was very difficult for something new to be introduced. I mean, I'll just
1: uh, give you a little anecdote once, uh, when I had sort of started working in India and I had to go to the Ministry of Culture, I was trying to get a grant and uh, the Secretary of Culture said, Mr. Debu, you're a pioneer, so you will get recognition posthumously. Pioneers have to suffer. So, uh, so I took it in good stride. And um, when I was given my first award by the government of India, the Sangeet Natak Academy Award, mm-hmm. uh, I found out where he was posted because mm-hmm. by then he had moved on to another department. And I wanted to say, Afsoski the thing recognition. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: amazing. So, given the art form that you come from, performance art, and especially contemporary Indian music, and so, how does storytelling get involved in you know performance arts? Because. We have a huge theatre society called Sankalp at Maika and uh, uh, we have been performing a lot of plays. And last uh, time we performed a play through the eyes of Draupadi. So enacting the entire Mahabharata through the eyes of Draupadi. And then we had uh, an entire sequence of dance where, you know, the swam happens uh, between Arjun and uh, Draupadi. So how do you exactly come across or how do you exactly represent storytelling as a medium through uh, dance?
1: Like yes, our Indian classical dance is storytelling. Yes. So, but even in contemporary dance, I mean, um, I've very rarely taken anything from the Ramayana, or the Mahabharata, in my interpretation. Sure. The only time I did a work which was called um, Thanatomorphia, okay. uh, the many faces of death, right. and there I sort of took stories of Yama, who is the god of death. Yes. So I portrayed in the choreography of death as in itself, that death as a dancer, death as a lover, death as liberator, and death as celebration. So these were sort of uh, vignettes which comprised and uh, created the whole choreography. But um, like uh, storytelling of, uh, I've done a piece on a drug addict, which is very relevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done a a piece on sort of uh, mental illness mm-hmm. called Asylum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done um, my present work, um, my most recent work, which I just premiered uh, in the month of November is based on Mahatma Gandhi's quotes wow. and uh, and the quotes which I have selected. Uh, some of them resonate with what is happening in the country today. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there I'm telling a story again. Sure. So, um, uh, so, yes, the storytelling is, but at the same time, uh, in contemporary dance, you can just sort of move and show the form. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you go to see a contemporary painting mm-hmm. and you see the painter's stroke and he titles it. So similarly, what I would do in sort of representing an abstract form, like I was just coming into uh, the studio and I saw the courtyard. Yeah. And the courtyard was very interesting to do a performance. Yes, yes. I could just visualize using that space and bringing the space into the performance and not just the dance has to be done on a proscenium theater. So these things again have, uh, and again, if you look even in our tradition, in the olden times when dances were done in temples and, you know, uh, everything was done in the village, there was really no sort of stage set up. And uh, so the temple courtyard or whatever was used. So coming on to in today's sort of, Presentation, the theatres have become important mm. because again, yes, there are uh, lights, sets, all that sort of yes. enhances the production.
0: Definitely, so. definitely. Beautiful. Can you give us a little bit of, uh, you know, idea about what you're performing? What am I time
1: performing time? Uh, this evening? I'm performing three pieces. Sure. Um, the first piece is called Ahavan. All right. Um Now in Indian classical dance, uh, when the dancer begins, they offer their prayer to either Lord Ganesha to right. Shiva. Right. Uh, in my case, I'm uh, offering my work to the space and the body, right. because which is both very important. Otherwise, mm-hmm. a performance cannot take place. Definitely. And the music that I have selected is uh, from the school of Drupad singing. Right. And uh, there is uh, a singer called Amelia Cooney, right. an Italian who's been trained uh, in mm-hmm. So it's her soundtrack uh, that I am um, using it to present the first piece. Mm. Uh, the second piece is called Stepping Out. All right. Okay. And um, yeah, again, uh, the music is a saxophone player, Gert Anklum wow. uh, from Berlin. Even Amelia has performed mm. live with me and we've done shows and wow. similarly, Gert uh, and I have done a couple of performances uh, primarily in Germany. Mm-hmm. So I've used his mm. soundtrack. So, The title Stepping Out itself is uh, explanatory. Yes. Now that is, uh, so I don't spoon feed my audiences. You know, I sort of will give it a title and uh, there may be one or two lines. And then after that, I would like you all to make your own interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I'll get another little anecdote I'll bring here. One of my set designers who is an architect, he says, uh, I'm going to give you, three uh, objects of a triangle, rectangle and a cube. Sure. And let's see how you, you work with it and uh, what kind of an interpretation you would do. Mm-hmm. So I was performed this work in Germany and mm-hmm. I was working with a rectangle. And after the performance, the German um, spectator came and said, you know, I saw you dancing in your coffin. You know, because of the fact that uh, yeah, it was a rectangle and I was in and out. and well, I said, okay, that's your, but I said <laughs> that I was not doing anything Macabre. you know, I was just uh, wanting you to see me as a catalyst hmm. of using these objects and how they are moving in space. So yeah, so so stepping out again is sort of you will notice, it's basically stepping out of the from the tradition into the present day modern world world. and the last work i've taken is from rabindranath tagore's uh, song Mm -hmm. it's called every fragment of dust is awakened so there is a poem which i have sent and so that'll be and there i have a japanese composer uh, whose music has been uh, selected for this particular piece
0: it's so exciting to uh, understand that these are all uh, you know Indian classical music or Indian classical art forms that are being performed by artists all across the world and it's very interesting to realize that that you are again using it to perform it in India so it's a it's a kind of a paradox that is happening here isn't it no
1: why why won't I perform it in India
0: (laughs) no it's it's a kind of that you know uh, the inspiration is from India from the for the music which has gone out right and then it's coming back to India from somebody else on the outside right so that's kind of
1: uh, Well, today is, as you call it, globalization. Globalization, yeah, (laughs) yes.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, how is contemporary dance form in India performing or is faring? You know, because today there are a fair few enthusiasts for in classical music or in classical dance forms, uh, especially the youth generation, the millennial generation and henceforth. So, uh, what are the challenges that Indian dance forms are facing right now, performance arts or, you know, contemporary Indian dance forms? Well, um...
1: Today, unfortunately, uh, if you see even in mm-hmm. the television media, there's not a single channel which has a program of culture. I mean, Doordarshan used to have, right. uh, but today, very, very few people watch Doordarshan. The fact that. Uh, so, Bollywood has become sort of the. King of uh, culture, (laughs) you know, which is very sad because uh, not that uh, the Indian classical uh, performing arts, whether it's music or dance or theatre, has uh, taken a Mm backseat. I mean, in the south, you are, uh, I mean, I've just come from Chennai and Mm -hmm. December is the sort of busiest month of performances of music, dance, and performances begin from six in the morning, which goes on you know, to, uh, the early evenings. Wow. I don't think anywhere in the world, uh, that this kind of intense performances, uh, in music and dance happens. Um, uh, the, in classical dance form, uh, still, um, uh, mm. there are takers, there mm. are students who go to study and perform in contemporary dance. Again, uh, it's, I'm sad to say that, uh, during my journey uh, and having come back to India and mm. I have opened up an umbrella mm. and it's also recognized by the Sangeet Natak Academy but the people who want to go into that arena the younger generation because dance has now become quite open and there are various forms of yeah. dance uh, they say we're doing contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. They use this word. Uh, and I said, Kya si hai mm. Contemporary. <laughs> I said, Kya si hai. You know, basically, they haven't studied really anything. <laughs> Some may have taken a, a course mm-hmm. uh, uh, which are being offered today. But again, the institutions or dance schools which have cropped up. I find them very inadequate and very, uh, I feel that they have no business mm. because what they are sort of really imparting knowledge uh, is hybrid and also the fact that they themselves haven't really studied uh, quite intensely and mm. extensively. Mm. So I tell them, uh, I tell the young ones they're doing their thing and, and they bombard it on the s- social media and I said, you know, Whatever you're doing, you're you're repeating yourself. Sure. I don't see anything uh, innovative happening. Sure. And I said, okay, what is your shelf life going to be? You know, okay, you are a hit to one year, two years, third year uh, is a big question mark. Sure. Uh, sure. There are a few uh, dancers who have studied, who come from an Indian classical dance background, and then have gone, taken courses, and have found their own path mm. and they are serious ones, but there are a handful of them. Uh, whereas on the other hand, the expat who lives overseas mm. is has uh, the whole culture there. The whole education sure. is different. They've had the opportunity, or even though they are coming from an Indian classical dance tradition, mm. um, they've been able to, uh, as I said, take courses which mm. are available because in India, And for an Indian to go abroad to study is really a very expensive proposition. It's not sort of everybody can sort of take up and go and study, you know. And then again, when you come back, um, it's not it's not a bed of roses. I mean, today uh, I, as I said, like uh, fifty years as a profession, uh, and it's still difficult. Mm. I mean, you'll people say, oh, but you have a name and you Mm. have a certain. I said yes, but. my standards have risen. I have more required and platforms are very far and few. Yeah, definitely. And one does not depend on uh, the government or, uh, so it's basically, uh, you really got to push your art, mm-hmm. uh, push your work. And uh, as I tell uh, some of my young students, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, once uh, one of my young students said, you know, famous Itne famous says, mm-hmm. oh, kuku kam, kuku, you've, Famous is a very fickle companion. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, today it's fame, tomorrow, who knows? You, haven't, you can't be swayed by your fame. Definitely. You really have to be uh, pushing your own art. And the fact that each creation you do has to be better than the last one you do. Okay. And what is interesting and challenging in the contemporary, under the contemporary umbrella, that you can choose your themes. You know, it's not necessary that, uh, I mean, when a classical dancer performs, they perform and then they'll take up an, a different story. Sure. But it's basically still within the classical frame. Sure. And uh, in the contemporary, you bring in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring you can bring in puppetry, sure. which I have done. You uh, bring in uh, space, as I said. Yeah. So there are all these other options which mm-hmm. really, uh, and, and lighting, mm-hmm. you know. But, so these are all... Um, and today uh, in the West, especially multimedia yes. is so uh, has become a norm of presentation. And I'm not really uh, a big fan of multimedia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good, but sometimes in the West today, you don't see a performer, but you see more multimedia sort of uh, works which are being presented or screened. And uh, the dancer then just becomes... Uh, doesn't really get to shine (laughs) as they would uh, in an actual performance. Definitely. definitely. Uh, But again, you know, uh, as the arts... uh, And the other uh, problem we face in India is uh, the lack of finances uh, in order to uh, innovate, Mm -hmm. in order to experiment. We don't have that luxury. I mean, even like presenters, uh, you know, today, when you go in to perform uh, theater, the... The rentals are so high. The presenter will say, "Okay, you only have six hours uh, to set up and uh, and sort of get ready." Whereas uh, in the West or in other even in Asia, you have at least a day to set up before you uh, get to perform. Or uh, so uh, there are uh, those kind of difficulties, which uh, or oh, sometimes they. Uh, club two dancers together. Mm-hmm. Now two dancers will have their own different uh, lighting uh, sort of plots. So all that one has to sort of encounter. but uh, but then I always say in the initial stages I would get very annoyed sometimes with my technical man because probably he goofed somewhere and then I and that would affect my performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, well, what the audience doesn't know, it doesn't hurt. So even if he's made a mistake, you just take it in your stride and carry on and perform because in the end,
0: the performance has to speak. Many, many challenges. And I think Indian contemporary dance form will come on top. Uh, So, So you have been also been mentioned as a humanitarian champion of society and through a lot of your work that has, uh, you know, come out with across the country with specially abled and the underprivileged. So how does your art help you in your pursuits uh, of taking social responsibility and how does dance help in spreading a little bit of joy?
1: Well, uh, you know, initially when I started working in India, uh, Indian classical dancers were not ready to, uh, even sometimes some of them would show an interest, but the fact that they would be rusticated by their guru, they sort of uh, would not take the step forward. Mm. And uh, I knew of a theater director in Calcutta Mm. uh, named Zareen Chaudhary, who sort of worked with uh, deaf actors. And uh, I just said to her, you know, I come to Calcutta Mm. to perform practically every in those days. And I said, why don't you take the advantage of my coming and let's see, why don't I do a workshop for your actors? So, I mean, I just started it as a lark, uh, not realizing that um, mm. it would continue and, and uh, took it upon as a challenge for myself to say, how am I going to teach the people who can't hear mm. and who are going to dance to music? Mm. So, um, the first uh, two years, I gave them a workshop of a couple of days. And then in the third year, she wrote me a letter saying that uh, my, I feel my actors uh, and they've expressed also that could you come for a longer period of time. So I went uh, for three weeks and uh, I sort of worked with them and I saw the potential and uh, I said, OK, why don't we try to attempt a, a performance? So that's how the journey began. And uh, and the fact that I look at myself at a catalyst mm-hmm. that I'm able to uh, train, I, I'm able to give these young performers a platform, an that's opportunity, and they in turn become role models within their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so these were sort of um, thoughts which sort of uh, flowed. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Surprisingly, it's, this is my uh, 31st year that I've been working in the area uh, of work, working with the deaf, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, mainly in India, but I did have a, a stint in Washington, D.C., uh, at Gallaudet University, which is mm-hmm. the world's largest university for the deaf. And I had mm-hmm. a good uh, period of about nearly seven years not uh, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but uh, going for a couple of weeks or a month when the university invited me either to be a, an artist in residence or to be a guest choreographer wow. or to curate a program. And uh, and yeah, working. Uh, and there, uh, because it was a university and their funds was tremendous, uh, wow. I was able to take my Calcutta group twice. Wow. Uh, and for them... Uh, because the facilities uh, which are there, you know, you cannot even imagine here in India, you know, and we will never have that. So, uh, and even the whole culture of, uh, I think things have changed now, but even among the Indian parents, if they uh, found that their child was deaf, they would try to hide the child and, you know, but there were, there's so many facilities and they really have, uh, their rights and uh, so for to see my group of young actors and actress, young kids to spend one month on a campus interacting with their American counterparts. And one thing was for an advantage for the Calcutta because they came from a school called the Oral School for the Deaf where signing was taught to them and an American signing was taught to them. So it really became very easy. and for them to communicate yes. and they themselves today most of them are in touch with me on Facebook and WhatsApp mm-hmm. you know it's interesting to see my sort of young kids who are now parents and in <laughs> business and we're communicating and uh, you know and, and they come to see my performances one of them is in Chennai where the others are in uh, Calcutta the other one's in Australia oh. Bangalore one in America, I took her uh, to perform, and uh, she found herself a beau there. Wow! You know, and uh, so and, and a complete transformation uh, from the young girl today. And she's very so besotted. By the, so on Facebook, she's all the time posting. <laughs> you know, but it's good to see. You know, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, some of the younger ones, uh, not the younger one, but the same sort of uh, class of uh, yeah. actors who were with me. Um, are sort of living uh, in other parts of the country, so it's uh, it's good to see. And they they follow me, and they when I'm performing in Calcutta, they come and see the performances. They also have seen other groups. Like after Calcutta, I had a another group of uh, performers which came from the Clark School for the Deaf in Chennai, mm-hmm. and there um, this was the group which was the challenging for me in the sense of the girls who I selected, they were all trained in Bharatanatyam dance already. Oh, wow. So they had a dance vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were not as proficient as a normal hearing, but they mm-hmm. moved. And then I sort of took it upon myself to create a 60 minute non-stop performance. Wow. And again, how do I teach? I teach them to learn to count mm-hmm. and, um, and the basic counting is of eight. Mm-hmm. But it's not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight but it's a sort of uh, rhythmic pattern of counting of eight. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So the initial training, whether, whether it's my deaf or whether the other disciplines that I've started work, I've worked with, they all have to learn this sort of rhythm. And when I say go, everybody has to, Start counting simultaneously, so then there's synchronization. Yes. So by the time eight, everybody's arms are comes where they, where they're supposed to, or if their feet, wherever, and with these young dancers because they were older, then I changed their beat. So and it was based on the navrasas, the nine emotions. Yeah. So each rasa had a different counting beat. So they were like little, little mini computers, and and in fact, at one point of the performance. I switched the music off, but they dance as if they're listening to music. Wow. So it has a real impact on the audience. You know? So um, so they were with me. And with that performance, which I called Contraposition, mm-hmm. we did 75 performances, uh, wow. both in the, India. And, uh, and we were fortunate enough to open the 25th Deaf Olympics in Melbourne in the cultural sector wow. and then the last performance we did was at the invitation of the late President Abdul Kalam, mm. who had invited me to present the work at the Rashtrapati Bhavan. And again, what was very, very uh, touching that after the performance, uh, President Kalam insisted that he would serve each and every performer himself. And then uh, working in America um, at the university, Then I had a group in Bangalore, Mm -hmm. uh, which unfortunately did not really pan out the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I've just started a year ago. um, Young students, Mm -hmm. normally when I work with students, I prefer from the age of 13 onwards. But this group of students which I've selected from the St. Stephen's High School in Mumbai are between the ages of 8 to 13 so but again um, and again these kids uh, come from economically um, deprived background and again it's a very good mix of you know real integration of all religions there and they all work in harmony it's quite challenging and um, the kids are bright Mm. and hopefully by this end of this year or early next year i should come up with a performance for them it won't be a a 60 minute performance, but there will be like because the kids are uh, still new uh, Mm. to the kind of movement that I'm and I'm not there consistently. uh, You know, I I sort of pop in like a jack in the box like, okay, we're here now. And it's also quite amazing that these young uh, students have an amazing memory retention so then i'll say okay and then yes. sometimes there will be a discrepancy among the two or even no no but you've missed this movement and i said okay fine <laughs> you know, so so that also is very inspiring and uh, and the joy it brings and uh, and i I'm, I'm just using myself uh, similarly i sort of had a gap and i started working with the street children of mm. delhi mm. and uh, and there again uh, Selected a few of these mm. and uh, mentored them, and uh, they have performed. i uh, taken them overseas. Like tonight, one of um, the person who's going to do my lights comes from uh, the streets. Wow. You know, and uh, besides being an accomplished puppeteer, mm. uh, he is now diversifying himself and taking up lighting. Sure. So uh, I've taken him on to. to do the lights today yeah. and again to see as i said uh, when you hear their stories mm-hmm. and you really say like you know these young kids who ran away from home for whatever reasons and today uh, they're quite successful or mm-hmm. not quite they are successful in their own limited way mm-hmm. uh and uh, and then all of a sudden now the parents look at them as cash cows <laughs> you know and uh, whatever little they make and yeah. uh, the responsibility they take uh i mean stories i could say is really sort of you salute them
0: definitely definitely it's very inspiring and you know enthralling to understand the way that you have worked with your art form and the way that it has reached to so many people in such an intrinsic way such a such a life-changing way uh amazing so we have had in beautiful discussion and oh I, you want to stop i thought if,
1: we'd go on <laughs> we could go on we, what do you want to talk about so we can talk
0: about theater and dance right so there is a dichotomy between both of them and they are both separate art forms but yet they come together at times so how do you differentiate between dance and theater or is there a differentiation or has it come well, together
1: well the, it has its own sort of identity sure, but sure. yeah today it's so amalgamated sure. and like you can't uh you can't say, no, no, you can't bring dance into theater. Sure. And similarly, I mean, in our Indian classical dance, there is theater. Because sure. if you look at Kathakali, sure. you know, uh, which is a form from Kerala mm-hmm. and, or the stories which even a normal classical dancer says the expression, mm-hmm. you know, to say, I'm here to see sure. all of you today and I'm so happy. Yeah. And you're quite intrigued, you know, as to, as you ask, what is he going to present this evening? So and I'll say, yes, you're in for a surprise. Mm-hmm. So the face itself becomes a sort of like um, miming, taking uh, different roles of expression. So that becomes theater too. So, and also, okay, in dance, they're not really spoken words. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So, so there is a sort of a difference. Sure. So they go hand in hand mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and today, even in uh, like I did Hamlet, mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago with a Korean theater company mm-hmm. and uh, it was all in Hangul mm-hmm. and uh, it was an adaptation and there was uh, I donned the role of Hamlet's father the ghost I was head of the clowns mm-hmm. so there were um, so roles within the play which I could partake and participate at the same time I choreographed it
0: mm-hmm. so
1: uh, so mm-hmm. yeah it's
0: uh, hand in hand <laughs> sure sure so so Is there anything that you would like the modern, the the new, uh, you know, artists who are coming to the performance arts Mm -hmm. platform to realize or understand about themselves? And to you know, is there something from your life journey that you would like to uh, impart to them so that they have, uh, you know, a guidance or a, a beacon to follow to?
1: Well, I mean, I really, the only advice I can give is like, First of all, that it's not going to be a bed of roses, (laughs) you know, like a lot of kids. Oh, well, you know, if I become a, have Mr. Debu's lifestyle. Sure. And I'll say, no, you won't, you know, like whatever uh, I have managed uh, Mm. to achieve or what I continue to pursue is still with a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication and being true to your work. You know, and not creating works because like, you know, at times, like I I recall very clearly that the Bill Gates Foundation Mm -hmm. um, had sort of asked me to create a work around uh, HIV. And I did have friends uh, overseas who had passed away, but I did not really feel um, I could justify uh, in taking the money and and creating a work which uh, I knew I could create, but it it didn't sort of uh, work with me. You know, like, I, because I said you worked on a, on drugs, sure. you know, but I said, well, it sort of uh, resonated with my creative directions. Sure. So, sure. yeah. So, and also the fact that you can't be complacent, sure. you know, because, uh, as I said, uh, if you want to pursue, I'm, I'm 72 now, and, uh, and I'm still sort of full of beans and uh, with various projects sure. which are uh, being performed and which are also being... Um, talked about for the years to come sure um, so sure. yeah so uh, good luck if you want to pursue the <laughs> yeah. in into the performing arena sure one of the works uh, of martin gandhi's thoughts is and basically it also resonates with my journey mm-hmm. that it says that it's very easy to be a part of a crowd but it takes courage to stand alone, alone. you know uh, so and in my case it very really resonates with my own life that you know, I chose to stand outside the Indian classical performing arena. And uh, and even today, in some ways, I do feel alone um, of the fact that I am still pursuing. But yeah, as they say, The show has to go on. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Uh, It has to keep going.
0: We look forward to your brilliant performance today at Maika. And, uh, you know, it's been an enriching experience talking to you, understanding your perspective on so many things, from storytelling to, you know, Indian contemporary dance. And Indian youth as well. So, there are a lot of lessons that are to be taken from this discussion, you know, starting from how you have to think about your life, how you have to take it in your stride and you know, you have to learn from your mistakes and you have to give something back to the society, you have to think about everybody collectively because it's not an art form for you, it's an art form for everybody that you're performing for, the entire audience, the entire crowd Mm -hmm. and ultimately to be individualistic while being a collectivist. So, there are a huge amount of lessons that I have learned and I hope our listeners would also realize and uh, see the perspective that we have drawn here. It was an amazing experience, sir, talking to you and I hope you enjoyed it too. My pleasure. Absolutely. definitely. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for being with us. Uh, are there any imparting thoughts? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you.